In our breakout and best-selling book, Looking for Angels, A Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels, Dr. Scott Guerin and I share how you can communicate with angels, understand signs from the universe and these celestial beings, feel at peace knowing you are always connected to source, and much more. Get your copy today at lookingforangelsbook.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your local bookstore. And now you can even get the audio version narrated by me and Scott through Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. I'm your host, Nicole Bigley, and you are listening to a listener series on A Psychic Story. and happy new year. If this is your first episode of A Psychic Story, welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back. This is the 11th listener episode of the podcast where we share the stories you submitted. Hi, Nicole, and happy new year, everyone. Good to hear from you and see you. I can see you. Others can't. (laughs) Starting off the new year, feeling pretty good uh, this year. Have a lot of yeah, hopeful things planned. I don't like resolutions in particular because they can be a downer if you don't get to them. But uh, the one thing that I'm planning on doing this year is leaning in more to the impact of my past lives on my current life. As you know from the reading that I may or may not have had with another uh, psychic medium, I learned about that I've been doing this in other lives, which is interesting, and that that resonates very clearly with me, but also that I've been resisting that for many years, as you and I joke about, because I like, I don't want to look into my past lives because I might have been a jerk in a past life, I may have killed someone, and, and who knows, if I lived 100 lives, maybe I did do that, you know, it's all a journey. But now I'm looking at, since that time, I've been kind of feeling the uh, presence of the past, if that makes any sense, in, in my current life. It kind of validates what I'm doing, uh, but also kind of where I want to go. So uh, I'll be doing that uh, this year. Kind of, you know, there's nothing really specific to do, I don't think, other than to ask uh, and through meditation, ask to remember important things that I can learn and grow upon now. But uh, but that's one thing I'm going to do this year. Otherwise, I have my races planned. I have my uh, a few trips with my friends planned, um, meeting up with my family. So it's it's looking good. I'm very hopeful. How about you? Uh, well, I don't know if I've really had time to come up with resolutions and things for myself, that is, this year. But I think one of the things I do want to focus on more is just really enjoying being in the moment and you know, I've noticed that I've been so busy with things lately and, you know, no surprise there, but when I'm <laughs> in certain moments, whether it's with the podcast or it's, I don't know, even promoting the book, that sort of thing. I know that's work, but 
to me, it's not work because I really thoroughly enjoy that and just being as present as possible. And so it has been really nice not having quite as much to do with the writing or the publishing portion. So I have some time back and just I've realized how busy I was and just having that rest and reflection for me. So I feel like that's going to be a big part of 2024. Not that there's not a ton of other stuff that we have or I have personally going on, but that's kind of one of the things at the top of my head. If, you know, you kind of threw me for a loop saying, what's your resolution? Don't know. (laughs) Don't know yet. So if anyone is also behind too on the resolutions, don't have to worry about having them. I eventually kind of want to do more maybe we do this this year, is October Lucians. So like in October, you come up with things as the year's winding down and you start to get those situated and you start to do them. It's more of a mindset that you're thinking of things that you can change and and have impact and be in service throughout your, you know, the time versus like right at the start of the year. I think there's so much going on that it's hard to kind of do that right in January, you know, each year. But that's something we can talk about later. But yeah, but before we get into our listener stories of things that everyone submitted, I did want to kind of share my own angel story. And this is a long one. So just want to have, you know, ask for everybody's patience a little bit because I don't want to miss any of the details. But for many of you, you know that my dog, Mia, I had an Australian Shepherd for a little over 11 years and she wasn't doing too well towards, I would say, a couple months ago. And it was interesting because for like the last year or so, I had been getting intuitively like spend more time with her, enjoy her, that sort of thing. And in my mind, even I sometimes have doubts about my own intuition. And I was like, this is really morbid. (laughs) You know, why am I thinking about, she's 11. She still has a few more years. When you look at Mm -hmm. the average age of Australian Shepherds, she seemed, you know, very fine health-wise and everything. There really wasn't anything going on that I could tell. But intuitively, again, I was kind of having that feeling. And so I kept taking her to the vet. The vet would say, everything's fine. She's just older that sort of thing. And other than saying flat out saying, I'm psychic, (laughs) something's wrong with her, run a bunch (laughs) of tests, they really couldn't find anything wrong with her. So anyway, fast forward to about early November, she just was really declining a lot. And I noticed that she was in pain and I'll bore everyone with all the details, but they really never figured out exactly what it was, but they were saying it was either neurological or it was related to the spine and it also had to do with her brain. And to the tune of, you know, $4,000 that I already spent to try and help her Mm -hmm. out with emergency care visits and stuff like that, it would have been another six or eight grand for surgery. So just based on her age and everything else, I felt like it was just the best decision to help her, you know, be comfortable with everything. And then at that time when it came, and if you don't want to hear this part of the story, I would suggest you fast forward a little bit because I'm going to get a little detailed. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, so it came, we had the book launch on 11-11. And I knew that day that that was probably you know, when I probably should have made the decision, but I didn't want to have something so happy and exciting with the book launch itself. Actually, let me take a step back. About three months before the book launch, I was going to sleep in my bed and I don't really feel spirits around me a lot. I feel angels, but not necessarily souls who have crossed over. 
And I felt my grandma, like my mom's mom. And I also felt my dog, Moss, who had been with me for several years, lo- the love of my life. <laughs> and uh, I felt both of them. And I, and I kind of sat up in my bed thinking, this is like a party. This is amazing. My grandmother and my dog are both here. I don't really feel them. What's going on? And I just felt this overwhelming sense of love and protection. So the next morning I was looking it up about, okay, well, why would you have multiple <laughs> loved ones kind of coming around? And it was either there's going to be a death or there's celebration. So I thought, oh, it's the book. It's going to be the celebration of this launch. And that's why they're here just to celebrate. So going back to 11-11 and that day, I knew that it was it was any day now. And so I made the decision to have a vet come to the house and, you know, have go through the process of helping me a Passover. And what was really interesting for me is, and this is for everyone listening, to really truly trust your intuition no matter how it comes through. So one of the things was they said to open the curtains. And as I was you know, open the curtains, there was a sunlight coming in and everything. And when I'm sitting there and she's in the chair and I could actually feel her soul pass, I felt it and I looked and I looked up and in the tree were two cardinals. And for everyone who's listened mm-hmm. to the podcast for a really long time, I know cardinals are a sign from the universe of your loved ones, but it's definitely a very distinct symbol and message of my grandmother. So that was really cool because there were two. And I felt like, again, grandmother and my dog boss. So she goes... And then, so I'm in the car and I wanted a distraction. I said I was going to cry through this. And uh, I decided to turn on the radio because I wanted the, you know, to just not think about it anymore. So I sent you some lyrics, Scott, and was hoping you could read them. We may be a thousand miles apart, but I'll be with you wherever you are. I'm already there. Take a look around. I'm in the sunshine in your hair. I'm in the shadow on the ground. I'm the whisper in the wind. And I'll be there till the end. Can you feel the love that we share? Oh, I'm already there. That's great lyrics. Love that. Yeah. And it was uh, really beautiful because these are happy tears. These are not like, yes, I mean, that I want her to be gone. But it was just so amazing because it was like maybe an hour after. So I decided to go head up to my parents. It was a beautiful day. The sunshine, everything. And it just hit me, you know. And then, Mm. (laughs) so I'm like bawling, of course. And I'm like, I'm turning off the radio. I'm not listening to this anymore. <laughs> I got to drive. I got to pay attention. And so um, right when I get onto the street of my parents' house, I was like, okay, whew, I'm almost there. So I'm going to turn back on the radio. Mm. And the song that came on was Amazing Grace. And her middle name was mm. Grace. So sign. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> sign after sign after sign. Now, um, this part's really important for people too, is that when people come to me and they say, well, I can't feel my loved one. I can't connect with them. I don't feel like they're here. What's going on? When Moss passed away, I felt him very strongly. I literally felt like he was on my chest. I could feel his soul. And so with Mia, it just felt really strange to me that I couldn't feel her like that. And you know, it's grief. That's what I say to people all the time. There's that grief that happens. So um, I kept trying to release that grief, allow those emotions to just kind of flow through me to be transmuted and healed. And knowing that that was an obstacle for me being able to connect with her. But I kept getting the signs, which was so cool. So one day I went outside and, you know, everything's dead because it's winter. And I just had this overwhelming perfume smell. It was like a perfume that brought me back to high school randomly. And it wasn't anything random. Standing in the middle of the yard, no one had anything going on. It was just this beautiful smell. 
fast forward a couple of days, my mom was sitting in the living room and she goes, I smell perfume. And it just same scent mm. kind of came over her. So it was just multiple, multiple signs. That same day, as well as the perfume, I went to go sit down and there was this huge paper clip on my chair that I sit in all the time. Thought, okay, this is random. Didn't really think anything of it. Paper clip. Go to bed the next night. There's the same paper clip, not the same one I picked up, but the exact same type sitting on my the side of my bed, which I had already been there before. And so I look up paper clips, and paper clips mean it can be like a coin or a feather or something else, a message from a loved one or protection, that sort of thing. So I knew that was her. So then I'm almost done, I promise. But it's just I want everyone to kind of know the, the, the process of this is that I just was laying in bed and I decided, you know, hey, I want to release this grief. I want to release the sadness as much as possible. I really need to see you. And so um, I went to sleep the next morning. I was in that dream state of in-between. And I felt like I had actually gotten up to let my dogs out. It was like that weird, vivid state where you're not dreaming, mm -hmm. you're not asleep, but you're not awake. And I went to let my two dogs out, Leo and Zeus. And then all of a sudden, Mia just comes running from the back and she's all happy and gives me this hug. Mm. Yeah, I saw that post about paper clips, and now it makes sense. I mean, you, know, you didn't put, put, put all the details in there, but I can see that being just as a symbol, just like feathers or uh, other things that, that appear. All right, so she said goodbye and I'm more at peace. But now let's get into, hopefully, <laughs> some happier stories here. There was some general Q&A, I guess, that we wanted to cover off on. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So one of the questions I've been getting from people lately is, what are the regular episodes with guest interviews? When are those happening? And I'm starting to book additional people. Since when this episode airs, there will be some solo episodes for me, just so that you guys have some additional topics and things that you've asked about that I'm going to be covering. But yes, the guest interviews are back and normal in this year. So those are not going away. I did want to just remind everyone that our regular guest episodes with the interviews are on Wednesdays. And again, we do these listener episodes once a month on Thursdays. So if you want them more often in 2024, all you have to do is submit more stories to us and we would be more than happy to do them bi-weekly or weekly even if we get enough stories. So there's that. And then one of the other questions is about the bestseller categories with the book. So we are a bestseller, Scott. Can you believe it? That's great. It's, it's, <laughs> Are you it's surprised? It really is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what's amazing is the whole social media network thing when we, you know, some we'll do a post and then somebody picks the post up and shares it or makes a comment or does their own post. And I get it now. <laughs> like I see how <laughs> Trying to works. bring you into the 21st century. Was that what you said? I didn't say it. You yes, said it. That's it. That's it. Uh, yeah. So just if people were interested, we were number one new release in New Age Channeling, number one new release in Angels and Spirit Guides, number one new release in Angels. Those are different categories based on paperback, hard copy, and then also Kindle as well. And then currently bestsellers in New Age Channeling, Angels, angels and spirit guides and meditation. And that is all because of you. So thank you so much for your support. Now, the other question that people have been having is the VIP event, which is in just a few days. So do you want to share about that, Scott? Sure. 
Well, we are excited because um, it's uh, we've had a tremendous response, um, and you know, those who have signed up for it uh, have been getting uh, update emails from us about that. So, I think the biggest thing for me is that it'll bring people together that have read the book, you know, at least to some extent. And uh, we're certainly looking for ways to improve, obviously. Uh, but the big thing is to help share their own stories about how they approach it, because it, there's a lot of information there. And this is a guide. It's not a novel or a novelette. Um, and uh, f- from what I've seen so far, people do read it from cover to cover. Mm-hmm. And then they go back to the points that they want, which is probably the best way to do that. But I always tell people that your best friend with this book is the table of contents, you know, so that whatever you're looking for, you can go there, the glossary, the index in the back. But that will be, uh, I think, what will bring the whole session to life is that uh, people can share your reactions, ask us questions, maybe like, why did you put that there? <laughs> why did you say that? <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. But it is going to be a good time. Yeah. We would definitely want it to be more interactive for sure. So if you've read it by the time, well, first of all, if you purchase the book between 11-11 and December 11th or 12-11, mm-hmm. then you were entered, if you emailed us at contact at a psychic story or looking for angels book at Gmail. If you emailed us, Mm -hmm. then you've been submitted. You will have received information for this event. But yes, it's meant to be interactive. So please come with your questions. Please come with notes, anything like that. That's really why we wanted to do it. And one of the other things that um, you will have heard from the last listener episode is we did Paper, Rock, Scissors, and Scott won. We're not having speakers (laughs) per se because we don't have... Hour. Yeah, we don't have hours and hours to have additional speakers and we didn't want to make it really formal. And this is about us, no offense, but this is about our book. We're the authors, <laughs> we're here. So it's not highlighting other people. However, we are going to have an MC and a couple other kind of you know surprises there for you, which we're not going to get into now, partially because we're still figuring it out. But yeah, it'll be a fun event and we'll include additional information for you in the show notes. Also, just make sure that you have signed up for the email newsletter so that you don't miss out on that. And you can do that on a psychicstory.com. And I think, can they sign up on lookingforangelsbook.com too for the email? I don't think, I think we took that off. But anyway, a psychic story, you can sign up. So enough about that. I think those were the pertinent Q&As. Now we're going to get to the listener episodes here. Unless you have anything else you wanted to add, Scott. No, that's good. Uh, Lots to look forward to this year. Absolutely. Okay. So this email is from someone who wishes to remain anonymous, and the subject is great-grandmother checks in. I have a great-grandmother that passed away while my mom was pregnant with me. My mom always had a very special connection with her and still misses her almost 40 years later. About a week after the birth of my first child, I was woken up by the loudest and most booming voice saying, Oh my, look at that pretty baby. I was startled and sat up in my bed. My baby was fast asleep in her bassinet beside me, right where the voice came from. I sat still wondering if maybe my husband was home unexpectedly as he has an early job and was already gone for the day. I heard nothing. I called out, hello, a few times, but there was nothing. Later that week, I mentioned this to my mom, and she knew immediately it was my great-grandmother because of the loudness of the voice and the words she used. A few years passed, and I gave birth to my second child. A week or two after, I was woken up again in the middle of the night. My baby was sleeping beside me in the bed. 
I saw a glowing figure at the end of my bed with an arc shape at the top. I was afraid at first because I don't like seeing ghosts at night and asked it to leave. Later that morning, I looked at a picture hanging on my mom's wall and knew immediately that one of the people in that picture was her. It was the same great-grandmother. From time to time, she still comes to check in with me, and I know it's her from the distinctive arch shape. A year and a half later, I was a few weeks away from going back to work in Canada. There's an 18-month maternity leave option. That's amazing. (laughs) We need to have that. Mm. At the beginning of my maternity leave, my employer made arrangements for me to return at a reduced three-day work week for three years as the childcare cost would be the same as I would make at my job, and I didn't want to miss out on raising my kids. However, suddenly I was told that I would only be allowed to do this for one year. I made the difficult decision to leave my career. I couldn't eat or sleep for a few weeks because I was so distraught. One hot and sunny afternoon, my husband hurried into the house to tell me that my great-grandmother was outside and asking for me to come out and see her. He has what I call a closet psychic medium that was born with the innate ability to see energy, including spirits. He has incredible natural abilities, but doesn't want people to know because he fears judgment. We went out and my husband relayed her words to me as he is able to communicate with them, with the spirits. She said, goodness gracious, in a loud, slow voice. I asked where her message was. She said there was no message, but she wanted me to sit outside and relax. I asked if she was my great-grandmother and she said yes. I asked if she came to visit when my babies were born and she said yes. My husband brought my kids inside and I sat down. I could feel her touch the top of my head and sent what felt like energy through me for a couple of minutes. All of my extreme anxiety was gone, and I was able to eat and sleep again because of the healing energy. My husband said that her energy was bigger and brighter than a normal guardian angel, and that she was a step further in her spiritual evolution on the other side. I never met her in the physical world, but she's still around me and pops in during important times to give support. Wow, talk about a spirit, the great-grandmother, that wants to be involved <laughs> with their family. I mean, the, the thing that right off the bat, you know, the grandmother passed, the great-grandmother passed as she was being, her mom was being pregnant with her and still had that drive, you know, to be present in her daughter's and granddaughter's life. That was incredible. Yeah. And I think it's cool, too, that, you know, she obviously was able to connect with her grandmother and you know, hear the voices and then also feel the energy. But then there was also that connection rather with her husband and her grandmother to be able to tell her, hey, your Mm -hmm. great grandmother's outside. And that's really neat too, because it's showing that while she still had that ability, maybe because she was so sad and anxious, she wasn't able to get direct communication from her, from her. And I'm sorry, I I think she said great grandmother, but Regardless, that was then her husband becoming the messenger to tell her so that then she could connect, which is just a really beautiful way. A question of mine, like, so where does the effort come from to connect? Like, was it the the great-granddaughter wanting to connect with the great-grandmother or the great-grandmother wanting to connect uh, with the great-granddaughter? I think it could be both. Not a one or the other type of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's it kind of goes back to the beginning of the episode when I was talking about Mia and I wasn't thinking at all that anything was going to happen and my grandmother came through and my dog came through and they just gave me this beautiful, loving support and I felt it. Mm. I wasn't trying to connect with them in that moment. I was just trying to go to sleep. And then I felt them mm. and I yeah. knew they were showing up and it's almost like they were you know, giving me this, hey, we're here in times of comfort and need and also when this happens. I didn't know. I wasn't putting two and two together at that time. But in this instance, yeah. that's where I feel like maybe 
you know, she was just, she mentioned she was distraught. She wasn't able, right. she probably wasn't even thinking at that point. She didn't mention that she was trying to connect with him. And so her grandmother knew she needed her and needed that support, her mm. great grandmother rather. And so yeah. then her husband was that again, messenger and then and it enabled her to yeah. be able to connect on her own as well. And just is a beautiful story to see that our loved ones are always continuing to support and guide us from the other side. Uh, yeah, your great grandmother's outside, and she wants to talk. Yeah, at with first you. when I read that, I <laughs> okay. thought, "Wait a second, what do you, like I thought she passed away. Is this a different great grandmother?" Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Right, right. <laughs> but no, thank you so much for submitting that story. Um, we appreciate it, and I know you were anonymous, so I'm not going to say your name. But thank you very much. Yeah. So this next story was submitted through the book website, lookingforangelsbook.com. And in this, in one of the sections, as you scroll down, there's a, a question that says, have you had an angel encounter? And then you can click on the uh, button and select from a couple, you know, common or uh, frequent encounters. And then there's an open answer where you can provide your own encounter. And this is what came through there. Uh, it's that this is all anonymous on the website, so we don't have a name. Uh, but the title is Haniel to the Rescue. When my son was two and a half, he was learning to ride and balance a bike. So I took him to a local park with a paved pedestrian path. The park is adjacent to a busy road and the path connects the sidewalk to the road. In short, my son started down the path toward the busy road. There was just the slightest slope in the path, enough that he was able to gain speed, and despite me being a runner, he was going way too fast for me to catch up with him. He reached the end of the path just as cars were going by, and I screamed, Stop! as loud as I could. The car stopped, but at the same moment, I saw my tiny son being lifted off the bike as if someone plucked him from under his armpits and he was placed safely on the sidewalk. It took me a while to process what had happened and what I saw, but I believe it was an angelic intervention that saved the day. It was a strange experience, too, that while he was speeding down the path, I knew he would be okay even though I was terrified in the moment. Both feelings coexisted and I'm certain that his and my angels were there for me. My other experience is that a few years later, I asked my guides who my angels are, and I heard the name Haniel in my head. I was not raised with religion, and I never heard of Haniel. You can imagine my delight and surprise when I googled the name and found that Haniel is indeed an angel. Thank you for your book. I can't wait to read it. So what do you think of that? Well, yeah, I mean, if we, anytime, we've talked about interventions before on the podcast, and Especially if she saw that. I mean, that is just amazing because usually you don't hear about people physically seeing something that's either happened to themselves or others. And then it just kind of almost like time slows down or something. But the fact that that happened is definitely a guardian angel. It's cool, though, that she has one of or her son and her has an angel because Haniel is an archangel. On page 168 of our book, Archangel Haniel, also known as Joy of God, and the glory of God is that she helps in, again, angels don't really have genders, but in our book, we refer to it as she, and she helps with happiness and joy, healing abilities, moon energy, poison grace, psychic and intuitive abilities, and more. And so she also helps people recover and tap into lost secrets, including natural remedies and things of that nature. So I think it's amazing that she showed up. I laughed a little bit during when I was reading it, but <laughs> she says, it took me a while to process what happened. 
and and what I saw, but I believe it was an angelic intervention. <laughs> I'm like, okay, how else can you explain <laughs> your son being lifted off his by bike? By the armpits, by the, the armpits. The road. <laughs> yes, by the armpits. So like, um, but yeah, that's a, it was, you know, certainly, and it, it, the whole thing probably lasted only a couple minutes, right? Maybe a minute, but what a profound uh, experience. I wouldn't even say that. It sounds like it happened pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so yeah, cool. And yeah. I think it's neat that she heard the name too, you know, because um, a lot of people sometimes yes. will say that they struggle with getting the name. And I always say if it's a guardian mm-hmm. angel, sometimes it's hard because they don't really have names the way that the archangels and ascended masters and other, um, you know, other beings do. So the fact that Haniel came through loud and clear is very cool. Yeah, I go back and forth on that. And I've heard back and forth kind of comments about, you know, names, not names, Um I think that if you need a name and want a name, then you'll get a name. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. So now we're going to go to the audio and the voicemails that we have or that we received from the listeners. And this voicemail is from Aaron M. from North Carolina with the story of Father's Orb. Hello, this is Aaron. I'm calling from North Carolina and I have a story to share. When I was a little girl, I was seven years old and my dad had passed away. And I remember it was probably like uh, about maybe a week or two, somewhere around there, where I was at school and I looked over my desk and I saw this white orb, kind of like a long cylinder shaped orb fly from underneath my desk into the wall. I knew I saw something and I went and said something to my teacher and she was, you know, kind of brushed it off like, oh, it was nothing. But when I went home, I told my mom about it and she said that she had saw the exact same thing in the living room the night before going from the kitchen through the living room out the door. So I always kind of thought that was maybe him saying goodbye. I'm not really sure, but I never saw that again but always thought that was kind of an interesting story. But anyway, love the podcast and thank you so much. Bye. Yeah, energetically as I tap in, it definitely feels fatherly. That's the best way I can describe it. So I always suggest to people that if you feel something or in this instance, it's almost like this gut knowing that she had, oh, that was my father. So just trust it, just go with it. And I think it's also amazing that her mom also had the same experience as well. And so there was obviously a connection with them, with both of them in this energy or this orb, so to speak. Yeah. And I think this is an excellent example of how adults treat children when they come to them with a story that is not normal or spiritual or unusual um, and that uh, you know she as a child saw the orb she told the teacher I'm like nah it's nothing Mm -hmm. and then uh, thankfully it was validated by her mother but it goes back to that statistic that by the age of seven most children have uh, not most about 37 percent of children have invisible friends and that which could be angelic interventions but Uh, as my hypothesis is that they go away because of society, you know, because they tell their teachers or adults or their friends laugh at them and then they won't develop that or talk about that again. Uh, But hopefully uh, that can change over time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but beautiful story. Thank you for sharing, Aaron. Okay, and this voicemail message is from Willa from Georgia and is titled Electrical Connections. 
Good morning, Nicole. This is Willa, and I live in Georgia. I have a story about uh, spiritual contact that I would like to share. This happened a few years ago, and it involved my friend Beth and uh, her friend James. Now, Beth and James had been friends for uh, probably about the last five years of James's life, and I met James a few times. Uh, maybe about five times in total I saw him at her house or one day they actually came out to my home and spent the day with me. So I kind of got to know him. He was a missionary type person. He did a, a tour in South Africa doing missionary work. So he was a good person. Now, James and Beth are both in their 70s. James's wife had become sick about 10 years prior, so she didn't get out anymore and things like that. So even though he was married, he did have my friend Beth. They spent a lot of time together. They became close. They enjoyed each other's company. James became sick a few years back, uh, around the 1st of December. Now, my friend Beth, she, because of James's adult children and grandchildren, she could not see his family. So while he was in the hospital the first couple of weeks, she would go visit him early morning hours as soon as visiting hours began. She would go take him some food or have coffee and just laugh and talk with him. As his illness progressed, uh, his children came to Georgia because he was from someplace else, but he had moved here for retirement. But his children came and began to spend every day with him, day and night, so that Beth could not go see him anymore. So she had kind of just, you know, said her prayers and was just kind of waiting. Well, on December the 30th of that same month, I woke up. I'm an early morning riser. Rose about 4.30, 5 o'clock. As soon as I opened my eyes and became conscious, James came to my mind. Now, James is not my friend. I don't even know James's last name. But I've met him a few times. But James was the first thing in my mind when I woke up, which I thought was rather odd. I just kind of shook it off, kept going with my day. The next morning, the 31st of December, I woke up. As soon as I opened my eyes, the same thing happened. James, bow, dropped in my mind. I don't know James that well. Why is James coming to mind? So then I really started to puzzle on it and think, okay, maybe I need to call my friend Beth. It's a little early, so it's about 5 a.m. I proceed to go ahead and get my coffee, and as I settle down to listen to my podcast for the morning, I notice my Internet is out. My Wi-Fi is not showing up. I go to the guest room where the router is located, and the router is powered off. Now, it's the push-button kind of power on, but it's plugged into a power strip. The power strip had not been tripped or reset, and there were other things plugged in that were still operational. The power had not gone out because microwave lights, stove clock, microwave clock, they were still going, so I had no power outage. It was just that router that was off. It was then that the thought occurred to me that James is trying to contact me. I stopped everything, and even though it was 6.30 in the morning at this point, I called Beth, and I asked her. She was sleeping. I said, Beth, I'm sorry to wake you, but this is really important. I said, have you had any electrical problems in your home? 
in the last couple of days. She said, yeah. Night before last, my grandson and I were in the den watching a movie, and all of a sudden, sparks began to fly out of a wall outlet. Nothing was plugged into the outlet. Sparks began to fly out, and it fizzled into a little flame and burned out. She called the electricians, and they were scheduled to come after the first of the year because it only burned out things, the outlets on that wall. I told her then, I said, that is James trying to contact you. Now, my history with the electricity, I know that spirits can use electricity to communicate because my mother communicated with me twice after she left 23 years ago. But that's another story. But I know electricity is used. Beth had mentioned this to Jane before in some of their conversations. So he knew that I knew about the tie of electricity. Now, I told her this. We talked a little while and we hung up. She had no one to call to ask about his condition. We watched the papers, never saw anything. She called me in the summer of that same year. And that summer, she called me, well, of the next year, because this was New Year's Eve. She called me. She said, you're never going to believe this. I said, I probably will. She ran into a former co-worker of James's. He had worked in the same building that she worked in. She ran into a mutual co-worker who knew James personally. He told her James passed away on January the 2nd. And she called me to let me know that I was right. And I felt so good. I knew I was right the minute that I called her and told her. I had this feeling of overwhelming accomplishment and this warm rush of energy just rolled through my body. I had done what he was trying to do. He was trying to contact Beth to let her know that he was leaving. And I always remember that story. I love to tell it because it is so true. It is so true. I haven't thought about him again unless I intentionally bring him up. (laughs) He has gone on. But he did make an effort to say goodbye. Thank you for listening. I enjoy your podcast, and I hope everyone has a good year. Well, thank you, Willa, for sending that in. That is an incredible story. And again, one of those multi-points of interaction, you know, with uh, someone uh, in your life. And this time on the, you know, kind of upped it a bit, not just uh, voices or hearing things. It's it's the electrical interventions uh, in this. And I know, Nicole, you have some background <laughs> in this because as we're working on the book over the last year. Um, you were burning out your laptops and, and things were... Yeah. Well, I thought it was the angels. Yeah, I thought it was my spirit team and my angels and it happened to be me. Yes. And in this instance, this was James or, you know, and I find it really cool that, again, if we can't receive that message ourselves, like I don't know if her friend knew that it was James through that electrical situation when she was watching mm. the movie because that I don't think was very clear. But she knew that, or James knew about that. So he was trying to get her attention. Maybe she didn't make the connection that that was him. And she just thought it was like a typical Mm. thing. And so then that's why he went to her friend, Willa, and that she had that ability or at least was open to receiving, knowing that her mom, like she said, had communicated with her in a similar way. But yeah, uh, for the way it's been explained to me that I understand it both through, you know, research, but then also my spirit team, 
is that because we're energy and that energy it creates, there's also electricity or a current um, essentially within us and around us. And so if a spirit is trying to get our attention, they oftentimes will draw from other sources of electricity for energy in order to show up and or to get our attention. So it's kind of multifold, but I think it's just an amazing, amazing story. And I definitely want to hear about her mom's experience or the experience she had with her mom too. So please call back and leave that story too. Mm. Electricity topic is is fascinating to me because it not only has a uh, impact with, you know, speaking with people who have passed and spirits, but also with awakenings. Um, as listeners of the podcast know, Anna Gannon, Marty Rawson, they all talk about having intense electricity sensations or shooting uh, jolts of electricity. And for Anna's, it lasted uh, several weeks, I believe. Um, but I wonder if that's part of uh, the, our human condition evolving more to become more interactive with uh, the spirit world is uh, a rewiring possibly uh, to be able to do that. So as a a side comment, I just uh, think that the electrical connections are uh, an important thing Mm -hmm. in the spirit world. And I'm finding as another kind of side note, um, when I'm holding my phone in my hand, I actually feel, because you know at the bottom of the right here, there's that where your Mm -hmm. charger goes in. And um, Mm -hmm. so I usually hold my phone like this. And when I do, I can Mm -hmm. actually feel the electrical current from the bottom of that going into my hand. Yeah, I never really picked up on it until all those electrical issues. So I would just say for anyone... (laughs) listening to the podcast. If this is resonating <laughs> with you, you're probably having electrical experiences and stuff. Just pay a little bit more attention. And as Scott mentioned, even when you're going through spiritual awakenings, it may not necessarily be just an angel or a spirit guide or a loved one on the other side through electricity. It also could be you. So I think that that's a, a fascinating thing. Okay. So now this voicemail is from Robin F. from Connecticut with the story Signs from Tara. Hi, Nicole. My name is Robin, and I'm from Norwalk, Connecticut. Uh, I know you were gathering stories for your December podcast, and I'm a day late, but I thought you'd probably enjoy listening to my story, just as I so very much enjoy listening to your podcast. This took place about two years ago. I was in the kitchen uh and the lights flickered and i said out loud no you're going to have to do more than that for me to think that this is anything more than problems with the electricity as i was saying that out loud i thought ooh my puppy dog is being too quiet maybe there's trouble and i left the kitchen and walked through the dining room to the living room and found myself standing in front of the television uh, looking over at the dog at the other side of the room she was not getting into mischief as I had feared Uh, she was just sort of standing up on furniture and looking out the window and at that moment two seeds fell out of the TV cabinet my feet and I wondered how my dog had 
somehow been where I was standing before I came into the room, maybe knocked into this very large cabinet to sort of put the stack of CDs a little off filter. And as I'm picking the CDs up, I'm realizing, no, that could not have happened. It did not happen. I'm looking at the CDs, and they are from two concerts that we had gone to two years earlier. One of them was from a Robert Plant concert. Tara had bought tickets to, and we all went to, and after the concert, they mail out the CDs. The other CD was a Santana concert that Tara had also bought tickets for all of us to go to, and unfortunately, she died um, before we went to the concert. We did go. Her sister used her ticket, and then they mailed us the CD after the concert. As I'm looking at these CDs in my hand, I said, that's a sign from Tara. That's all it can be. There's no other explanation. And at that moment, on TV, I had been watching the uh, New York City Marathon. They started to play Higher Love by Steve Winwood, And that just sealed it. That absolutely was the topper that that had to be a series of events being a hello from my daughter, Tara. The other thing that I'm going to tell you about is on the night that uh, she died, we had been over her house uh, for hours, finally came home at about midnight and uh, got to our front door, my husband and I, and were overwhelmed with this smell of garlic. It, it just was overpowering. There was no explanation for this smell. The houses are very far apart, and it was midnight, and it was the smell of raw garlic, not really cooked. And I asked my non-believing husband if he thought that might be from Tara, and immediately he said, yes, yes, oh, my God, yes because that was our garlic-loving daughter who thought every recipe you should either double or triple the amount of garlic. So he believed fully with his heart that that was Tara. And the last little story is thinking about uh, what you say, Nicole, uh, sometimes a butterfly is just a butterfly. Me being the skeptic, that I am, yes, a believer and a skeptic both, I uh, said out loud that I'm not going to be satisfied with seeing a cardinal or a dragonfly or a butterfly. Those are normal occurrences. I'm going to need this critter to land on me or somehow do something out of the ordinary. The dragonfly did land on my shoulder. Um, then after 30 seconds left and settled on the house next to me and then in a few seconds came back to the same spot on my shoulder 
and landed and stayed again for another 30 seconds. And I thought, okay, that's what I required was the critter landing on me and to do it twice. I was fully satisfied that uh, Tara had sent that dragonfly. So um, I'm very comfortable that when you ask for them, you do get signs. And even when you don't ask for them, they do come if you're looking. So that that's my story. I really appreciate listening to your podcast. Uh, it's helped me a lot. Thank you very much. For me, when she was talking about like, well, first of all, I thought it was funny with the garlic. I was like, garlic, what's going on here? Because you usually hear about flowers or perfume or other things when your angels mm-hmm. or loved ones are around. <laughs> and so I thought garlic, is that like a vampire related? And then when she said that that was <laughs> something that both her and her husband could equate to and connect with her daughter. And so that was just a beautiful, they're very personal. They're going to be able to customize those things to get your attention. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was just really neat. But also, you know, for example, I know I talked in the beginning of this episode about the paper clips. I didn't know if it was my grandmother, if it was a guardian angel, if it was me or whatever, but it was a series of things that happened since Mia's death. And so what I like to say to people is once you find that message or that sign or that symbol, if you want to have it repeat, then you can assign that definition or that meaning to it for you. And so for me, I'm going to constantly be on the lookout now for safety pins and see how many I, I can collect, how many I can get. I have added the other two to my keychain. So I'm going to constantly have them with me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but also when you then receive it, like she said with the dragonfly, to then next time something like that happens, was she thinking of her daughter? Or did, she, you know, something else pop in her mind or something related to that? So you start to pay attention as these synchronicities happen. Yeah. And here's a side question for you, Nicole. I have a friend of mine who lost her brother. She dearly loved and misses tremendously. And she's asking me like, oh, I'd like to see him uh, or hear from him or some sort of signs. And I said, well, you know, you can, you know, just put it out there, pray, meditate, just put it out there and it will happen. And what's weird is that I get the sense that he's like the same way, like he wants to connect with, like they they both want to connect, but it's not happening. I haven't said that to her because I didn't want to upset her, but um, I don't know. Is, is that uh, is that something that I, I could address or we just let, you know, the message to her is to be patient and wait and you'll connect when you're going to connect? Well, there's a couple of things there. One that shows that you're intuitive and you're picking up on that, not just with your friend, but with someone who's crossed over. So pay attention to your intuition. It's what your friends and angels are saying with that one. And then the other point is that I was just getting that if he was a newer, or I will say newer, a younger soul and he's on the other side, if you're getting that he wants to connect and he doesn't, maybe it's that he doesn't know how. And so that's where we help our mm. loved ones is to say, Again, if they're newer, you know, um, or they don't know about the process or how. It's like with my grandmother, when she passed Mm. away, I've said this before, I would love for her to jump out in the hallway and go boo and scare me at one point. And I'd love to see if if she's the only one that has permission (laughs) to do that, but she's, she's never done it. But the way she manifests is through a cardinal. And that wasn't necessarily the thing we agreed on, but it came up. And so with your friend, I would say then give, like you just said to her, 
give her something to assign to him or to her spirit team to help him. And mm. then he'll know that that's what it is. And, or just be pay, yeah. paying attention, even if she's not assigning something. Like I said, I didn't, I knew nothing about paper mm. clips, not paper clips, sorry, safety pins. I had yeah. no idea what that was right. um, until it happened to me. Okay, our final uh, voicemail today is from Janet G. from Michigan. And this isn't a story of angelic connections, but it is about animal connections in a spirit world. So we felt it connect, it, it made the connection for this week's Yeah, topic. and also I want to say, Janet, thank you so much. Uh, she submitted a bunch in one audio file. And so we're going to try and share other ones in the future as well, but we're only pulling um, one or two out of here. So if you have multiple stories, if they're related, like in this situation with Tara, please include them all in one story. If they're separate, feel free to call back just so that we can organize them and we can make sure that they don't get lost in the mix. But yeah, um, we're going to go ahead and play that now. I said for a long time that we would not adopt again once our dogs, Kendall and Brittany, passed. Partly because I thought it would just be too hard to, to say goodbye to another dog. But when Kendall passed on a Saturday from old age due to end-stage renal disease, my daughter Ariel told me Tuesday, just a few days later, that she found our forever friend. She was 100% right. We adopted Harley, an eight-year-old hound mix Rex rescued from a hoarder situation. It is an understatement to say we loved and adored Harley. But the big surprise was that our golden retriever lab, Brittany, was also smitten. The first day meeting, Brittany and Harley laid together like BFFs. She never had bonded that well with Kendall. So five years later, when we received a cancer diagnosis for Harley, I knew Brittany would be heartbroken. I thought we'd better adopt another dog to help Brittany grieve the loss of Harley. We adopted Jackson. But again, Brittany never cared much for Jackson. However, my daughter, Ariel, and Jackson have a bond unlike any I've experienced. About a year after receiving Harley's diagnosis, he was home with us in a hospice home care situation. I dreamt about Brittany. In my dream, I was walking a bicycle in a huge event hall in Detroit, pushing the bike up a ramp. I opened an exit door and was completely blinded by brilliant light. I walked out the door and found myself on a sugary sand beach. As I continued to walk my bike on the sandy beach, I looked to my right to see Brittany jumping and playing with dolphins. She was joyfully ecstatic. I woke up and said, Brittany's not long for this world. And I was surprised. I had no idea that Brittany wasn't going to live longer. Shortly after the dream, Harley did pass away peacefully. Brittany had a massive stroke and passed away the following week. Well, the thing I liked about this story was obviously it's sad in the fact that uh, the dogs passed, but you know, the the experience for one thing, this just perked my interest, was that, you know, she was going, it, she had a dream, she, you know, was walking around, she opens a door and then blinding light and then she's transformed, you know, so to me that's, that's just a, a you know, displaced reality or whatever you want to call it, but um, it was a positive thing and she, her, her 
experience of that was very positive. You know, seeing that her dog was happy and, um, you know, alive and, and having mm-hmm. fun. Now, even though, you know, the other dog died shortly after, to me, I immediately said the other dog's there too. To me, it's like not a, you know, certainly it's a loss, but death is a uh, transformation, you know, and that we can't always look at it, although we miss people and we miss the connections. But uh, for them, I would say most times, if not every time, it's a positive thing. Uh, and so that's how I took that, actually, was that it didn't end just, well, she, you know, she died at the very end, uh, the second dog, but that the other dog joined mm-hmm. her, you know, joined them on the beach. Yeah, and you are definitely intuitive because the one of the things I forgot to actually say about Mia in the beginning is that the at some point shortly after, actually right before she passed, I had this dream about dogs in heaven. And it was just dogs Mm. everywhere. It was just dogs and dogs and dogs and Mm. dogs and dogs. And it was almost like spirit was showing me or source was showing me that when our animals go over, they're doing those things. They're playing with the dolphins. They're playing with each other. They're having the fun that they need to have, Mm. that crossing the rainbow bridge. And you didn't know about that. You pulled this. She had this dream. It was more of a prediction, so to speak. But it was also to give her comfort Mm. and knowing that, and to your point, not just one, but the other dog as well, has or the, that they're there together rather, which I think is really beautiful. Well, again, everyone, thank you for listening and submitting your stories. Happy 2024 and new year. And if you are looking to submit your stories for this year, we hope that you do. We made it really easy for you. Reminder that there are a bunch of options to do so. You can go to the website, apsychicstory.com, email contact at apsychicstory.com, or leave a voicemail at 1-800-880-1881. And thank you to everyone for sending in your stories. These are the highly rated uh, and listened to episodes to hear stories from you, uh, to share your experiences, to help others, uh, to provide hope uh, and solutions to maybe some problems or issues in your life. So please keep sending them in and we will get through them uh, You'll probably hear yours sooner or later (laughs) if you keep listening to it. Also, look forward to more regular episodes planning uh, in this year. We'll be back on schedule. And uh, until next time, have a very happy new year. Thank you for listening to A Psychic Story. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. All episodes are free on your favorite podcast player or at a psychicstory.com. Have a question? Is there a topic you'd like to hear more about? or have a suggestion for a future guest, send an email to contact at a psychicstory.com or leave a voicemail message at 1-800-880-1881. We'd love to hear from you and you may even be featured on a future episode. If you're interested in booking a session with me, you can do that directly on the website. And if you wanna hear even more content hosted by yours truly, check out my other show, Supernatural Matters. Reminder that you are automatically entered to win either a free 20-minute intuitive or energy healing session with me if you leave five stars along with a positive review. Currently, reviews can be left on Apple, Stitcher, Podchaser, or CastBox podcast players. Don't forget to email contact at a psychicstory.com when you do, because it allows me to get in touch with you if your name is pulled in the drawing. Your name stays in until you win. 